Will you pray with me? Jesus, you came and gave your all for us. You gave us life. Without you, we have no life. But in you, we have everything that we need for life and godliness. Through your very great and precious promises, we have become participants in the divine nature. Help us to live in the fullness of that. Empower our thinking to think your thoughts, to think your words. Help us to discern between your voice and the other voices that yell out to us during the week. Your voice is often the gentle whisper more than the scream. So teach us to hear it. And in hearing, to do in the power of the Spirit what you are telling us to do. In the strong and precious name of Jesus we pray and as God's people we say, Amen. We're going to read scripture in just a moment from Colossians chapter 2, but one of the key thoughts is on the screen before you. Rooted and built up in him. And Paul's going to talk about that. And in doing so, he's going to challenge us to think about, are we being rooted and built up in him? So let's hear the word of the Lord. There it goes. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And now listen to this. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also... You were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Yeah. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him, in Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Earlier in chapter 2, Paul says 
He's struggling with the Christians in Colossae and the Christians in Laodicea and other Christian churches, the Christians in other churches in that region. He's struggling with them that they would be deeply rooted in Christ. And the word that's often translated struggle in many of the translations is the Greek word agona, from which we get the word agony. In other words, Paul is so concerned that Christians grow deeply rooted into Christ that he is in agony over that happening. And I think we can uh, understand that when we remember that Paul told us, taught us, that we don't just live in this world in a neutral state, but every day we're not in a fight against each other, against flesh and blood, but we're in a fight against the spiritual forces of evil. And if you're familiar with this passage, you know that he goes on then to say, therefore, put on the whole armor of God. Get dressed for battle every day. Obviously, his agony shows itself later on in the New Testament when in the book of Revelation we have the letter to the seven letters to the seven churches. One of those letters is to Laodicea, one of the congregations that he's writing to. And now in Revelation we're looking at about 30 years later and Jesus, the Lord of the church, speaks through the apostle John in the book of Revelation and says regarding the Laodicean Christians, you're lukewarm. In other words, the sad reality is, is that the Laodicean Christians either stopped or gave up on the battle and they, instead of becoming deeply rooted in Christ like a tree goes deeply into the ground to pull up nutrients so that it can live and bear fruit. The Laodicean Christians were lukewarm. They had shallow roots. And as a result of that, the Lord of the church, Jesus says to them, that as lukewarm He's going to spit them out of their mouth. He wished that they were just fighting against him cold or fighting for him with all their might, hot. But lukewarm was not acceptable. Playing Christian is not acceptable. Following Jesus, being rooted deeply in him, that is what Paul was agonizing for, and I believe that because all Scripture is written for our learning, we're to hear Paul agonizing for us to be deeply rooted into Christ. Now, the Lord of the church, Jesus, also in Revelation says what the answer is. It's to abide in His presence. And the way in which we abide in the presence of Jesus is we manifest a 
a constant spirit of repenting and believing and that our believing is focused in on how God wants to work His power in and through our lives. This comes from the words of Jesus in Mark 1.15. Jesus said, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Jesus is the kingdom of God who came among us. But when he left, he did not take the kingdom of God with him. We are the kingdom of God. In 2019, in North Dallas, Texas, we are the kingdom of God. And we are to repent of whatever we are hearing that is contrary to that. If we're hearing uh, things like uh, shame and guilt and fear, that is contrary to being members of the kingdom of God, and we need to repent of that. We need to change our thinking about that. We need to have our thinking transformed by the word of God. That's what Jesus tells us at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He says that transformation takes place as we not only hear the word of God, but we do it. We put it into practice. So we are to hear, change our mind through repentance about other voices that we're hearing, and we are to believe, that is to do what God's Word says, because we are resurrection people living in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the power of Christ in us. So, let's look at Colossians again with that thought in mind that we are not only to hear, but we are to be transformed, we are to be changed by what we hear in such a way that it results in something different happening this week because you have had an encounter with God. Every time we gather, we should walk away different, changed by something God has said to us. I said this in the early service and I got a lot of uh, positive response from it. Um, something that I heard a number of years ago that really spoke to me was your heavenly father your not only loves you he likes you I think that changes the whole thing personally I think we're used to giving a quick Sunday school answer God loves me 
But I think many times we live like God doesn't like me. And the Word of God says just the opposite. God not only loves each one of us, He likes each one of us. He knows us by name. He knows everything about us. And He loves us and likes us just the same. And when that change of thinking takes place, now you begin to see that because your Father likes you, He wants to hang out with you. I mean, who do you hang out with? You hang out with people you like. God wants to hang out with you. He doesn't just want to see us once a week when we show up in church. He wants to hang out with us 24-7, 365. He wants us to be tuned into Him. He wants to be, and maybe for some of us, He wants to be like our earthly father. Maybe we had a very involved and very loving and caring earthly father, and if you had such a father, great, I rejoice with that. But I also know that the reality is is that some of us grew up with a father who was distant and detached. And maybe sometimes we put some of our earthly father's shortcomings on our heavenly father. And part of the change that needs to take place in us is that we need to repent of those ideas that came from our experience with our earthly father and we need to learn a whole new understanding of what our heavenly father really thinks about us. The gospel reading assigned for today, which we didn't read in this service, but it's from the gospel of Luke, and there Jesus says, you know, what father, if his child asks for an egg, will give him a snake? And then he says, he gives other examples, and then he says what? If we as earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more? How much more does our Heavenly Father give us good gifts? And so we've got to think that way. We've got to change the way we think because the way we think is what transforms us in the way we live. That's what Romans 12 tells us. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds, the way we think, so that we live transform lives. So that's what Paul's really getting at. That's what he's talking about when he says rooted deeply into Christ. So therefore, let's read it together. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. As I looked at this passage and prayed about it, thought about it, um, that last phrase kind of seemed not to fit until you think the way God thinks, which is, I've given you everything you need. I've given you everything you need to be rooted and built up in Christ. I've given you everything you need to be established in the faith. 
That's why we live thankfully. We have nothing lacking. God hasn't left anything out. There's not one of us that has less than they need. There's not one of us that our Father has forgotten about. He knows us by name. He loves us. He likes us. And He gives us every gift we need. Everything we need. So we live thankfully. And as we live thankfully, then we need to think about, well, am I doing that? So am I living with certainty that I have 100% of the righteousness of Christ? I have everything that I need. Is that what I'm thinking? If not, then that's where repentance comes in. I'm going to turn away from that stinking thinking, that bad thinking, that untrue thinking, and instead I'm going to believe. I'm going to act on the power of the fact that my Heavenly Father looks at me and He looks at you and He says, wow, you're 100% pure, 100% righteous in Jesus. You have 100% of my Holy Spirit living in you. You have everything you need to be about my mission. Therefore, live thankfully. He tells us further. Let's read again. So, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. This is what Satan wants to do. He wants to give us philosophies. What do we see on social media? All kinds of philosophies that are not of God. What do we see in a lot of our relationships as we talk with people? We see that they talk about empty philosophies that are not of God. Paul says what? Don't listen to them. Repent of listening to them. If it is not of God, it is not for your good. Receive the Word of God such that you live by every word that He speaks. So, don't let Satan have a foothold. What do you fill in your mind with? What are the things that on Tuesday afternoon at 2 o'clock you think about? Instead, believe. Believe that you and I have been given the mind of Christ. That's what's said to us in 1 Corinthians 2.16. We have the mind of Christ. We can think 
Christ ways, we can allow Colossians 3.16, the word of Christ to dwell in us richly so that what spills out of our mouths is not empty philosophies, but real truth all about Jesus, all about God's love and grace, and it manifests itself in our lives. Again, let's read. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Do you understand what that's saying? You and I in Christ are greater than any rule and authority. We are greater than the President of the United States because we live in the kingdom of God, which is greater than the kingdoms of this world. You and I are the king's kids, and we're living in the victory of Jesus. And not only was he in his human nature here on the earth, full of all of the deity of his Father, but what does it say? You have been filled in him. Again, you got everything. Not one thing lacking. There's not one thing that your father has said, I'm not going to give him that. No, he's given it all. And so we need to realign our thinking. That's what repentance is. Sometimes I hear people say, I can't be God's witness. Yes, you are God's witness. You're God's witness 24-7, 365. Now, how we witness is simply allowing the fruit of God to show itself in our lives. Is there someone in your life that needs to know that somebody loves them? Is there someone in your life that needs your patience? Is there someone in your life that needs to hear some joy? That's our witness. And we are to believe that we are the people of God who can do that. And that's what 1 Peter 2.9 says to me, but you are a chosen race, a holy priesthood. You're priests. A holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. One of the reasons why uh, I was a Lutheran pastor for, well, I am a Lutheran pastor, I guess, retired, but I served as a pastor for 40 years. About 10 or 15 years ago, I gave up wearing the robes of the typical Lutheran pastor. Why? Because it seemed to say, I'm different than you. But the fact is, we are all the same. We are all the same before God. We are all a royal priesthood. We are all a holy nation. 
we all are his kids. So I came to the conclusion, I'm not wearing a robe unless everyone's wearing a robe. Because we're all priests of the living God to declare His excellencies. Believe who you are in Christ. So the King of Kings gives us all authority to live out His mission proclamation, the excellencies of Him. That's what Matthew 28 is saying. I've got all authority, Jesus says. I'm giving it to you now. Live it out. And guess what's going to happen? Disciples are going to be made. Lost people are going to be found. People who don't know the love of the Father are going to know the love of the Father. Because that's who we are. His representatives declaring His excellencies. And uh, let's share this. In Him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the putting off the body of the flesh. By the circumcision of Christ having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. You're baptized children of God. That means God has adopted you into his family. Live as his kid each day. Live in the joy of that, the fullness of that, the victory of that. And so we look at and we repent of Um, any kind of thinking that takes you away from that? Do I see myself that way? Do I get up in the morning and say, you know what, my Heavenly Father is well pleased with me. Why? Because He was well pleased with Jesus and Jesus has brought me into relationship with Him (laughs) such that the Father sees me the way He sees Jesus. So we want to hear the Father whisper to us every morning, I'm well pleased with you. Because we have the fullness of deity in us and we are to believe that and we are to, be, we are to move from repentance from that constant cycle of I'm sorry for falling short to a cycle of believing that says I'm going to live in the power of the resurrection of Jesus in me. Okay, ah, this is the last one. And you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him For us, we need to add those two words because it's for us that he did all of that. It's so that we would know that the record has been canceled for us. Shame has been removed for us. Guilt has been removed for us. Life in him is now a life filled with his Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, because we're rooted in Him. Will you pray with me?
Lord, wherever we're stuck in old thinking, stinking thinking, thinking of the past, thinking of our shortcomings rather than the victory of Jesus, wherever we're stuck in any of that stuff, help us to see it, help us to turn away from it in repentance and turn toward every word that you speak to us, every word that describes us as we are in Jesus, in whose strong and precious name we pray and all God's people say, Amen.